This is called Understanding the Bible, and we'll get to that in just a a minute. And uh, the uh, first lesson, if you were not here, it was last Wednesday night. Over here to my left on this music stand are the three handouts that we gave out last Wednesday night. All right, feel free to take all three. Get yourself a notebook. We punch holes in these. Start a notebook. Have a paper trail. Something you can review often. But our first lesson was on uh, the whole series of six lessons is called How to Understand the Bible. You see that at the top. Our first lesson was on the organization of the Bible, which I don't want to review, but uh, it's over here. If you'll just understand how God organizes it. And uh, we mentioned last week quickly the word Bible means library. That library is divided into two major sections, Old Testament and New Testament. Those sections are divided into books, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Those books are divided into chapters, depending on which book you're looking at. There's different numbers of chapters in each book, and then those chapters are divided into verses. And then in the New Testament, some of the words are in red letters. These books are arranged in the order of subjects, like you'd go to a library. The, Bible, the word Bible means library. And just as you go to a, a library and you have different sections for fiction or history or, or um, science, uh, same thing. And that colored sheet shows you the division of the Bible by subjects. That alone, that information alone will help you understand the Bible. Okay, number two. Now, this is the most important of the three, uh, of the six lessons is tonight. Uh, it's, it's, it's just general. It's just very basic. Most of you know all this that we're going to learn tonight, but this is the most important lesson, and that is know the author of the Bible. Uh, Lesson number one, know know the organization of the Bible. Lesson number two tonight, know the author of the Bible. Now you see a bunch of verses at the top, okay? A bunch of verses there starting with Psalm 68 and verse 11, which you'll want to find. We'll probably start with that one. But we're going to get to the verses later. We're going to go through the notes first, and then we're going to go over these verses here. Uh, because I want you to understand tonight clearly this is the most important lesson about understanding the Bible is to know the author. Not know about the author, but know the author. Know God and uh, the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit. And so I just got a couple points here and then uh, uh, a truth that we're going to We've looked at it before as a church, but we'll look at it again. Um, someday you've got to establish in your heart of hearts that the Bible is the Word of God. And uh, if you can't get to that point, I don't think you'll ever understand the Bible. But we want to give you some evidence tonight that the Bible is the Word of God. And if it is, then we can understand it. We can understand it. Our verse last week is probably the best verse on the uh, establishment of the truth of the inspiration of the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 we looked at, which says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, breathed of God. Not just all the ideas, 
but every single word of the Bible and is profitable. Therefore, it must be able to be understood. The Lord would not say all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness if you couldn't understand it. That wouldn't make sense. So the title of our lesson is How to Understand the Bible. And we should be able to understand it in such a way that we can learn doctrine from it, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. I mean, whatever it is, you want to be a good wife, you want to be a good husband, that's instruction in righteousness. That's doing the right thing. It's in the Bible. And it is knowable. It is understandable. Uh, whatever the subject might be, and there's, there's so many, I think in the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, study Bible, there's over 4,000 subjects uh, that are put in chronological or, or alphabetical order uh, for you to study. There's so many things that the Bible speaks on. I don't know of a subject that it doesn't answer. But let's look at two points tonight. Number one, knowing the author. And then number two, establishing that God is the author. Now, this is, this is just doctrine. I know it's not exciting, it's not interesting, but this will help you on the worst day of your life. When you don't have feelings and you don't have emotions and you can't go on inspiration, doctrine never fails. It is a concrete foundation underneath you, and you can hold on to doctrine. You can still say, it doesn't matter how I feel, the Bible is the Word of God. And that gives you a foundation on the worst days and seasons of your life. And uh, so, number one, knowing the author. Let me read the notes here. Knowing the author. If you know the author of any book, and they were with you as you read it, they could give you a word-by-word commentary of what they wrote. You may not understand every explanation they give, but probably most of it. If you read it over and over with them, imagine how well you would learn that book. Can you imagine that picture? Somebody writes a book, you're reading that book, they're sitting right next to you. You get to a point in that book where maybe you're a little stumped. See, I don't understand what this means. You're the author. What did you mean by this right here? And they explain it to you. Oh, okay, and then you read on. And you get to another place where you, you're stumped, and you say, I don't know what this means. You can turn to that author. What did you mean right here when you said this? And he can explain it to you. And uh, no matter what the book is, no matter what the book is, I got little books out here, booklets, I've never written a book, but little booklets. And if you were reading one of my booklets and you got stumped at some point in my booklet, you could come up to me with that booklet, point to it and say, what did you mean right here when you said this? And knowing the author of the Bible, um, you have that author. Let me read on. You can know the author of the Bible. By being born again and receiving the gift of salvation, at that moment, that moment you asked Christ to save you from your sins and truly believed 
and you're born again, at that moment, God moves into us and our body becomes his temple, dwelling with us forever, promising us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is inside of you since the day, the moment you ask Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. At that very, very moment. In fact, it says over in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, these words kind of in a, a, a question form. The Apostle Paul says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which you have of God, and ye are not your own. Now, I want you to notice the Holy Ghost is in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. Jesus said in the upper room that he may abide with you forever. Okay, and Jesus always keeps his word. And he may abide with you forever. So the author of the Bible lives inside of you. So every time you're alone with the Bible, you are not alone with the Bible. The author of the Bible is with you just waiting to be consulted and asked, what does this mean? That This course is called How to Understand the Bible. This is the most important truth. This is the most important truth, uh, that God is the author of the Bible And as the last statement under number one says, he brings with himself, when he comes to live inside of you, everything, including the knowledge of the Bible. And you can't imagine what God brings with him to your life. Some of you could go on all night of the things God has brought into your life, like the love, joy, peace, all that kind of, those kind of things. But he also brings the knowledge of the Bible with you. So no believer should ever say, I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand the Bible. Now, the way he teaches the Bible, however, and this is not on your notes, but it's certainly something that you might want to write on your notes. In Isaiah 28 and verses 9 and 10, it says this, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Okay, so you got to understand. Just because he brings all the knowledge of the Bible with him into your body, into your being when you get saved, doesn't mean you have it all. Because God in his wisdom knows how to educate us and knows what we need right now. Peter would say, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. I think that maybe our educational system in America might help you understand this spiritual truth. Uh, We have K through 12. I went to school over here in Orchard Park, K through 12. When I was in K, when I was in kindergarten, uh, they were not trying to teach me calculus or algebra or trigonometry or anything because I wasn't ready for that. I would have choked on that. And I would have said at that point, I quit. I can't learn this stuff. And so God knows 
what you're able to learn at the current stage that you are in. Now, a church is like a school with kindergarten. It's like a one-room schoolhouse with kindergarten to 12th graders in it. And we are working at learning at different levels. You will do yourself an injustice if you just got saved and you're looking up to some man or woman who's been saved 20, 30, 40 years and the Holy Spirit's been teaching him or her all these years. And, and if you lose heart and say, I can never be like him, I can never be like her, you're not supposed to be. Just like a kindergartner is not supposed to be like a sixth grader yet. Uh, and, and that's the Lord's method of educating us. Uh, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Okay, God knew how to educate somebody before the public school system discovered it. And we all know that, that's just common sense. So, as you have the author of the Bible who's come into you with all the Bible, Paul even said, we have the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean he's going to give it to you all at once. But he's going to give you what you need, and then he's going to build on that and build on that and build on that and build on it and so on and so forth. But you got to keep at it, and you got to keep having faith that the Bible is the word of God, and that that God lives inside of you, and he can show you all things, as we will see when we get to the scriptures here. So you've got to know the author. Number one, you've got to be saved. You've got to make sure you're saved. You can't understand the Bible if you're not saved. But if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible living inside of you, and you can turn to him and ask him, and if he thinks you're ready for it, you know, a wise teacher would, might say to a student, now you're not quite ready for that, all right, or a homeschool mom or something, you're not quite ready for that. We're going to get to that when we get to such and such a grade, all right, but right now you need to learn this right here, and we're going to build upon that precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, and then pretty soon you're up into 12th grade, and then people go off to college and it's just amazing uh, what people can learn. And it's the same thing uh, regarding the scriptures. Now, the second thing you've got to know is not just knowing the author, but realize God is the author. You, you've got to get this down in, in your, your, your doctrine. Okay, you've got to get this down in your doctrine. Notice under number two, God is the author. Second Timothy 3.16 again says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, all scripture. All right, that's all the books of the Old Testament, all the books of the New Testament. You know, we know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, Paul, James, Jude, those guys wrote the New Testament. We know they were the human authors, but God gave them the very words, word by word by word, and somehow was able to fit those words into their personalities and yet, the entire scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Yes, God used almost 40 human authors on three continents and three languages over 1,500 years. Now, let me just stop there and say there was no collusion. Some people say, well, the Bible is just a book of collusion and all these 
like 40 guys sat down on a big round table or something and said, okay, what are you going to write? What are you going to write? Well, let's make sure we're in agreement here. No, it was over 1,500 years. They didn't even live at the same times. Only a few of them ever really met each other. And uh, when they wrote, it was at different years. I, I don't remember the years, but Matthew was 57. Uh, Mark was or 37 AD. And Matthew, Mark was 57 AD or something like, like 20 years later. And John was 90, whatever, AD. And they did not sit down. They didn't have computers. They didn't say, well, let me check and see what he said about this to make sure we're in agreement. There is no collusion uh, in the Bible. God, but God inspired every word they wrote. Now, notice this. Over 2,000 times these writers said they spoke by the word of the Lord and not their own. Very important doctrinal statement right here. Let me read it again. Over 2,000 times, these writers said they spoke by the word of the Lord and not their own. Now, they either told the truth or they lied a lot. We got 40 liars who hardly ever met each other, uh, writing things and saying things like, thus saith the Lord. Now, they either told the truth or they lied a lot and This evidence demands a verdict in your heart. You have got to decide which side do I believe. They told the truth or they lied, but there is absolutely no middle ground. Some people try to invent middle ground. They say, well, the Bible is just a a group of sayings and stories that good men wrote. No, no good man lies 2,000 times. That is not a good man. And what would their profit be in doing that? How would they profit? They're all dead and gone. How would they profit by saying, thus saith the Lord, if if there's no Lord? Or he didn't tell them what to write. So you've got to decide what you believe. I've already made my decision. I believe. And so I've I've made it a long study. And and here you see some of my study where we literally went through the Bible and counted the phrases. And I wish people who were watching live stream or ever uh, watch an archive uh, recording of this message could have this sheet in front of them. But what I do on this sheet here is I document 2,016 times where the writers said the Lord was speaking through them. Uh, For example, the phrase, saith the Lord, is found 815 times. Now that's either 815 truths or 815 lies, and there's no in-between. Word of the Lord, 255 times. The Lord said, 221 times. The Lord spake, 144 times. The Lord commanded, 104 times, etc., You can see the columns there, two columns, and at the bottom, 2016. A few of you helped me with this. I don't know if you remember that or not. Uh, When I was doing this study years ago, uh, some of you helped me with it and found things that I had forgotten or I I hadn't seen. Guess what? Monday, I'm doing my devotions. I'm reading the Bible, and I'm reading Leviticus, and I notice a phrase there, and it says, the Lord called 
Moses. And I said, let me check my sheet. And I got down on the second column, almost two-thirds of the way down, and I see the Lord God called. But this phrase doesn't use those three words. It uses those words twice, or two words. The Lord called. And so I went to my computer, and I punched in those two words, Lord called. And it came up nine times. And it showed all the verses. The Lord called, the Lord called. Now, he either did or he didn't. And the writers either made that up, or put down exactly what God told him to write. And I found it nine times. So now I got to add nine down there at the bottom to the 2016. And now I'm personally up to 2025. Now I got a Bible here that means a lot to me. This was uh, my mother in law's Bible. Uh, this was um, their mother, uh, Gloria and Leslie. And this is the Through the Bible. Uh, broadcast Bible that was distributed by J. Vernon McGee. Some of you have probably heard of J. Vernon McGee. He died a long time ago, but his teachings are still on the radio, I guess, every day. I don't really listen to the radio, but in his notes, and he's got page after page after page after page of notes on the inspiration of the Bible and the preservation of the Bible, the inerrancy of the Bible. It's a tremendous, tremendous study here. But in his notes, he's got this comment, and I'll read it to you um, twice. He says, it is a God book. In the Bible, God says 2,500 times, God said, the Lord has said, thus saith the Lord, etc. God has made it very clear that he is speaking through this book. And then later on, under Revelation, he says this, Revelation means that God has spoken. Thus saith the Lord, and its equivalent occurs over 2,500 times. So I would kind of trust J. Vernon McGee more than me for that number, uh, because he he goes through the Bible, he used to do it, he was alive every five years. Uh, He would go through the Bible on the radio. And so whether it's 2,025 like I have or 2,500 like he has, and then there's as many, if you add the other ones, as 4,000 verses where it is, it doesn't say specifically that the Lord said, but it's so clearly implied that the Lord is speaking. So we have a book that between 2,000 and 4,000 times says, thus saith the Lord. Uh, in some in some way, and, and and tonight, everyone and anyone who's ever listening to this, you've got to decide: is that true or not? Is it true or not? Now, there's a lot of reasons why I believe it's true, especially prophecy. But that's just me, uh, and, and we could go off into that, and then talk about the amazing uh, prophetic book uh, that the Bible is, uh, that has no explanation for all of its. Uh, prophecies and fulfillments, past, present, and future. And, uh, but there, there's so many other reasons why I, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. But now let's go to the verses at the top, and we're going to just look at some of these verses for the, the remainder of this lesson. But listen, this, this lesson is the most important. If you could know the author and be saved, have God live inside of you in the person of the Holy Ghost, the very same person who wrote every word of the book, 
and uh, you believe that God is the author, and if you do believe that the Bible is the word of God, you're in the minority of people on earth, but you should have a reason, a doctrinal reason. I've shown you my doctrinal reason why I believe. Now, what do these verses say? And I want you to notice the power now in these verses that we close with tonight. Psalm 68.11 is the first one. And Psalm 68.11 says this, The Lord gave the word. <laughs> the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. The Lord, and again, he either did or he didn't. That's either a true statement in the Bible or a lie. That David, uh, the sweet psalmist of Israel and the, 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 the second king of Israel, wrote. King David wrote, the Lord gave the word. And he was either right or wrong. He was either telling the truth or he lied. And those 73 psalms that he wrote, he's saying the Lord gave the word. Then he talked about the great publishing of the word of God, which we could get into just mind-blowing statistics on the printing, the publication, the assembling of the Bible, the distribution of the Bible. I mean, six billion. David Sorensen is going to be here. Dr. David Sorensen is going to be here next month. And uh, he's, he's read through it 300 times, and, and uh, he, he, it's been his life's work is being a defender of the Bible. And um, he says there's over 6 billion King James Bible that have been printed, and that's, that's whole Bibles. That doesn't include other New Testaments, John Romans, and so on. 6 billion, that, that's staggering. I mean, a book that makes, it's the bestseller and most widely distributed book every year. Um, in a, a book that makes the New York Times best-selling list today number one. Number one book is, is Peter's Out of Existence in about seven years. Solomon said of making of books, there is no end. They just keep kicking out books, this, this human race. And the best ones last about seven years. Folks, the Bible just is an indestructible book that has been printed by billions and will continue to be uh, because it's the word of God. Turn to 1 Corinthians 2. Here's, here's one of the great portions of scripture in understanding the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, beginning, I'm going to begin at verse number 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. All right, that's the tool God uses to help you understand truth. By his spirit. Where's the spirit? Inside of you. For the spirit searcheth all things. Now I have those two words, all things, highlighted in my Bible. That's quite... Wow! I mean, we ought to all just stop there and say, wow! That's what we should say. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Now you might be in kindergarten right now in your Christian walk in learning the Bible, but I, I promise you there is no end to how much you as a man or woman can learn about the Scriptures. It's inexhaustible. And it goes even farther in the rest of the verse and says, yea, the deep things of God. All things, the deep things of God. You can learn as much about God in this life as you choose to learn. 
Verse 11, for the, what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Now here's where we got to have, I'm going to get to humility in a couple weeks. But notice the second part of verse 11, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Okay, if you ever attain Bible knowledge, please don't get proud about it. You didn't learn it. It was revealed to you by the Holy Spirit of God. Don't, don't take, he, he, he shares his glory with nobody. Give the glory to God. Give the glory to the Holy Spirit. The things of God knoweth no man. I could go on that. That means the Pope, all the cardinals, all the bishops, any of these people who claim that you can't understand the Bible, but it's specially revealed to them. No, no. The Bible says no man, including them. Even so, or a pastor, or a prophet, or an evangelist, or anybody who goes around thinking that they're privy to some knowledge nobody else has ever been given, uh, that person is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Isn't that precious? Why was the Spirit given to you? Verse 12, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So there's no price. It's freely given. You can have as much Bible knowledge as you want. And that's why the Holy Spirit is here, that we might know the things of God. Which things we speak... Yes, eventually somebody gets to know enough of the Bible they can speak on the behalf of God. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. And when we get to lessons five and six and we actually get into Bible study techniques, the end of verse 13 says, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay? So notice the Holy Spirit is the teacher there in verse 13. Now Paul, I believe, is building on a statement Jesus made in the upper room the night before he was crucified. Turn to that statement now, John 14 and verse number 26. The disciples at this time had hardly even heard about the Holy Ghost, except in their doctrine. But John 14, 26 We have the last discourse before his crucifixion tomorrow. Remember that? You know how that goes in the upper room. They have the Passover dinner. They have the implementation of the Lord's Supper communion, which, by the way, we're having Sunday morning. Um, prepare for that. Um, but all kinds of instructions. 14, 15, and 16, those chapters, he brings up the comforter. And this is just a new truth to them. He's going to be crucified by 9 o'clock the next morning. And he's basically saying, look, I'm leaving. They're going to kill me. I'm going to be buried for three days and three nights like I've been saying all along. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'll be around for a while, then I'm ascending out. Of and it's expedient, he would say in chapter 15, it's expedient that I go because if I don't go, then the Holy Ghost won't come. And Jesus is basically saying, look, I'm limited in this human body to one place, 
and to a few people. But the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to dwell every single person, whether they're in America, Peru, Brazil, Philippines, China. If they get saved, the Holy Spirit's going to be everywhere. And here's what he's going to do. There's many things he's going to do, but let's just stick to the subject tonight. Please notice John 14, verse 26. We just read a verse in 1 Corinthians 2. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you all things that are freely given. Paul was probably building on this statement, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, which the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Again, there's that phrase, all things. I have it highlighted in my Bible twice. All things. All things. There is a teacher inside of you who can teach you all things. It's like the guy out in, what was it? That, uh, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, shouldn't have got started on this story. But um, the uh, mutiny on the bounty, mutiny on the bounty. And uh, they were all the wicked, vile sinners. And they mutinied and they ended up on an island. This one guy ended up with a whole bunch of women. They were all pregnant and diseased and everything. Remember that story? He finds a Bible. Starts reading the Bible and gets saved. Starts to tell all the ladies and the children about the Lord and about the Word of God. No Bible college. No correspondence course. Just him and the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The British finally take ships down there to capture all of them so they can bring them back and kill them for mutiny. The British come back without them on the ships. They say, where are they? You know what they said to England? They said, we don't have to worry about them. They've all become Christians. They're not criminals anymore. All right, why? They had a teacher. They had a teacher when they started getting saved called the Holy Spirit who taught them how the Bible and how to live. The transforming power of the Word of God because of the teacher of the Holy Spirit. He shall teach you all things. If you were marooned on an island with a Bible, Holy Spirit could teach you all things. That doesn't mean he doesn't use men. We'll get to that next week. But the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Some of you have been witnessing before, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings to you verses and illustrations you haven't thought about in years. And it's just exactly what that person you're talking to needs to hear. Turn to 2 Peter 1, verse 20. We're almost done. This is the most important lesson. I hope you're getting that on understanding the Bible. Understanding the Bible. Verse 20. 2 Peter 1.20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Again, there it is. Don't let anyone tell you, oh, our church has the truth. We're the only ones that are right. I've had Catholics tell me that. I've had Jehovah's Witnesses tell me that. I've had Mormons tell me that. I've had Church of Christ tell me that. They're the only ones that are right. Uh, Well, they're all wrong. And it's of no private interpretation. There's not, nobody has a corner on the market. It's, it's, it's open to all of us. Verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Again, it wasn't Moses waking up someday, one day and saying, Boy, I think I'll write something today. 
No, no. It was the Holy Spirit saying, Moses, get your parchment, get your quills, your ink, whatever you use, I don't know. And you start writing this down word for word when I tell you. The prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So all I've tried to do tonight is establish for you that the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. The Holy Spirit lives inside of your body and has since you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And the Holy Spirit can teach you all things. Now we'll see next week that he chooses to use men also to be teachers and learn things we don't know and share them uh, with us, just like you had a kindergarten teacher. <coughs> and, uh, but the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, lives inside of you. And so if I could just illustrate something, and this is probably the most important of the message, just, just look up here for a minute. I'm going to illustrate something. I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of times I've done this. But just pretend I'm in my bedroom. I got my little station there where my Bible's open. My wife's got her own station in our house. And I want to encourage you, make a station in your house where your Bible's always open. You, you sit down, you, you know exactly where you're reading, what you're studying. And, and, and I, I will do this. Don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. But this is, this is, this is one of the greatest tools I think you'll ever learn to understand the Bible. I'll go, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm about ready to read your word. You have told me no man can understand this book. And I believe that to be true. But you have given me your Holy Spirit, who wrote this book, every word of it, to teach me all things that I need to know at this point, and to bring all things to your remembrance. And now I pray as I read it, as I study it, as I memorize it, Holy Spirit, please show me what your word means. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That right there is the most important thing you'll see in these six weeks of lessons. What I just illustrated, that will revolutionize your life. It will revolutionize your time in the Bible. I don't care if you're working and you got noon break and you go out to your truck and your car or whatever, and you just sit there and just say, Oh, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this means. Please show me. And from now to your last breath, He'll show you things. Oh, and, and you'll find this book is inexhaustible, and He will teach you and teach you and teach you what you need to know at that stage in your spiritual development. And if you'll do that, I promise you, you will understand the Bible. You'll understand. Now, we're going to get into some nuts and bolts over the next few weeks of, of things that God in His wonderful grace and mercy adds to this method. Uh, and we'll start looking at that next uh, lesson. Lesson number three and four will be on rudiments of Bible study. And then we'll get into specifics in five and six and how to have a Bible study. So... Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word that you spent 1,500 years writing. And David said, you have magnified your word above your name. Wow, what a shocking statement. And you have saved us, you've given us your Holy Spirit to do many things for us, so many things, including to teach us your word. And so I pray that men and women and young people that are here 
would begin to pray, knowing that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if we know you hear us, we know we have the petitions that we have desired. And every one of us can understand the Bible better than we have. And Lord, I don't know of any more important truth I could teach on understanding the Bible in tonight's lesson. I pray it would be practice that we'd be doers of the word. But bless the next studies coming up. And bless us in our dismissal tonight. And Lord, help those that we've prayed for earlier. All the sick and suffering and the families that are bearing these burdens. Help us not to forget them. Uh, Lord, especially if we're healthy, Lord, help us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Lord, it's a busy week with the youth rally Friday and men's breakfast Saturday and church Sunday and just people will meet in between. Help us. Fill us with your spirit. Give us your power. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.